Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Open up your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 15 today. We're going to be going to a couple of uh, 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 scripture passages today. And uh, we're going to end up basically today, I did something dangerous. I have two different messages. I'm going to try to make one out of them, but you never try to have more than one message. So maybe you won't notice it's two. I'm trying to make it into one, but I felt like there was a lot that God uh, wanted to share with us today as we are heading into a brand new year. And today I, 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 I had several titles for my message. One of them was a covenant kiss. And I thought, well, what would the, uh, what would the title slide look like if I did a covenant kiss? Uh, and then uh, there were some others. So I just said, okay, we'll just do praise the Lord because we're going to end up, you know, uh, hearing that, that God wants us to praise him. Praise the Lord, Pastor Ron Hammonds. Okay, I will. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Have you ever lost something? Anybody here ever lose anything? You ever lost something that was really valuable to you? Yeah, and you, and you look everywhere for it. You look and look and look for it. And, and finally, after searching everywhere, you finally find it. Woo! Oh, isn't that good? Isn't that wonderful? Oh, my goodness, I found it. Oh, and then when you find it, you know, most likely, if you're like most people, you'll, 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 you'll call somebody because most likely you let somebody know you lost it and you may even ask them for prayer and other things. But when you find it, you're so excited because it was valuable. You're so excited that you tell your friends, hey, and your family, listen, I found it. Oh, I found it. Well, that's how God feels about us. A few days before Jesus was arrested, a few days before he was going to be crucified in Jerusalem, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were complaining openly about Jesus. Their main complaint about Jesus at that point was that he spent the majority of his time with tax collectors and with notorious sinners. And they were complaining. He's always hanging around bad people. He's always hanging around sinners. And, 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 and Jesus really wanted these, these people. He loved the tax collectors. He loved these, the, the, these uh, teachers of the law. I mean, he came to save them. He, he was hoping that he could teach them some truth. And so he really wanted to, to figure out a way that he could share a truth with them. And so Jesus decided to tell them a story or two or three. They're called parables. And by way of a parable, Jesus was hoping that if he told these complainers and if he, if he told these Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law, if he told them a story, maybe they could see themselves and maybe they could see the truth in the story. And maybe that would explain to them what they had been missing from reading God's word all of their life. Maybe they were missing the application of it, how it actually unfolded, how, how, how the word and how the truth and how the principles of God actually interacted with life. And so Jesus decided that he would uh, tell them a story. So he, he told them a story about a man who had a hundred sheep. He said, there was a man that had a hundred sheep and he lost one. One of them strayed and wandered away and, 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 and he went out looking for that one. And, and which of you, he said, 
Having a hundred sheep, if one of them got lost, wouldn't leave the 99 safe and go out and look for the one. And then finding the one, you would bring him home and you would tell your friends and neighbors and rejoice and you would have a party and you would celebrate because, you know, that one that was lost is found. In Luke 15, verse 7, Jesus concluded that story by trying to, to, to connect it to truth. And he said, I say to you that likewise there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Well, that evidently didn't click. It wasn't happening. Whatever the thing was, Jesus didn't see it. You know how sometimes you can tell somebody something and it just doesn't click? They're looking at you and they're saying, okay, and they're saying, yeah, I understand, but you know they didn't, you know? I mean, they were listening to Jesus, and they perhaps were responding to him, but he could tell, no, nah, ain't got it yet. Let me tell him another story. So he, he, he says, uh, you know, uh, there was a woman that had 10 silver coins, and she lost one of these coins. And when she lost the coin, uh, it, it, it was very valuable to her. And so what did she do? She, she lit a lamp, you know? He was talking about what God was going to do in lighting the lamp, you know, bringing the light to earth. She lit the lamp. She swept the house. She searched diligently. And when she found it, she got so excited that she told everybody, told all her friends and neighbors about it. And she was so excited, uh, uh, you know, for I have found the peace which I lost. Verse 10 of Luke 15, Jesus said, likewise, that's the same way. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of God's angel when even one sinner repents. When, when, when even one sinner turns, when, whenever, you know, what God has lost, humanity, when even one human is found, is saved, is rescued, is brought home. There is joy in heaven. The angels of God get so excited and there's a great celebration every time someone turns or returns to God. Wow. But evidently it didn't click. So, verse 11 says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told him this story. I mean, Jesus is full of stories, by the way. And he tells him about a man who had two sons. The younger son said to the father, I want my inheritance now. Give me my inheritance. And so the father divided his inheritance between his older son and the younger son. Well, the Bible says that the younger son getting his inheritance, <laughs> whoa, you know, this is what happens. Hopefully this will be one of our conclusions, by the way. Don't act like the young son. Not like he did in the beginning. Why? Because being really blessed, being really, I mean, I mean getting a lot of money, <laughs> getting a lot of money all of a sudden, it didn't take the Bible, the, the Bible says in a few days, it didn't take but a few days for that son to say, "Woo! think I'll leave home. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen someone that I've pastored in the altar for years praying and seeking God and all of a sudden get a settlement or get, get an inheritance and boom, I don't ever see him anymore. Doesn't take but a few days 
when somebody's really blessed for them to forget the one that blessed them. He left daddy. He left the blessor and took the blessings and went off and began to party. The Bible says he lived a wild life and he spent everything he had and you will. If you get, I don't care how big your bucket is, you fill it up to overflowing and walk away from the well and you'll run out somewhere down the road. That's a, that's a story. That's a parable. I saw some people went, yeah. And other people, I got to tell them another story. (laughs) They didn't get that one. If you, if you'd all got that one, we could go home. Now, some of you are having to wait on the rest of them. (laughs) Punch somebody beside you and say, don't make me wait here any longer. (laughs) So the young son took the blessings, took the wealth, took the increase, and he went off and left home. And the Bible says he went into a far country and he spent everything he had. And he ran out of money. And not only did he run out of money, but there was a famine. There was no one in that land to bless him. No one there to take care of him. And he walked away from home. You know, Jesus is hoping they'll realize that he's talking about God. People walk away from God when they're blessed. That's, that's, that's what Jesus is hoping clicks in their mind. And so this young man was away from home and he hired himself out to a farmer and the farmer sent him out in the field to feed the pigs and he was out feeding the pigs and the Bible says no man gave him anything. Well, his daddy did, but nobody else will. Hello? Father God will, but there's nobody else that can give you salvation. There's nobody else that can give you forgiveness. There's nobody else that can give you peace. There's nobody else that can give you joy. There isn't anybody else. Nobody else away from God's home is going to give you what your soul longs for and needs to live. And so, realizing that he was so hungry and Thinking the pig's food looks good. The world looks good. The world starts looking good. You know? Now, lying, cheating, stealing looks like the way, the only way I'm going to get it. I'm going to have to do what the world is. I'm going to eat what the world eats. You know? Adultery looks good now. No. Sin looks good. And he came to himself. And he said to himself, here I am in a pig pen living like a pig. And there are hired servants in my father's house that have food enough to waste. What am I doing here? I think I will get up and go back home and I will say to my father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I have sinned against you and against heaven. Uh, would, Would you just let me be like one of the hired servants? And so the young man got up with that and he started back home. Verse 20. Now this is Jesus telling this story. So the young son, he returned home 
to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. That's all God has for us. Love and compassion. Filled with love and compassion. Look what happened. When he was still a long way off, the father, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Now, there's reasonable evidence in this scripture to suggest that the father had been watching daily because he sees him while he's yet a long way off. He's been hoping. He's been watching. He's been waiting. We understand that with great diligence, the father was yearning for his son to come back home so that he could bless him again. The father was filled with love and compassion. He didn't have to go through any counseling at that point. Hello. He didn't have to say, well, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. He didn't run out there and go, told you so. Hello. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion and healed the multitudes. And I, even our faith works by love. You see, love is the motivation. Love is the power. We often need to rise above the hurts and disappointments that we are served in life. Everyone's been hurt. Everyone's been disappointed. Like this father, there are so many messages contained in this one message. But we must be willing like God he so loved the world, even though he'd been hurt and disappointed that he gave his only begotten son he loved. Notice, the father ran. What was the father doing? The father ran. He was making up the difference. He was covering the ground. He was bridging the gap. That's what God will yet do today. Today, if we will but recognize that we need him and turn or return to him. He will run. He will bridge the gap. He'll cover the distance. He has been watching and waiting. He's been longing and yearning. And, and he should never be caged in any other way than a loving, caring, compassionate God. He's not vengeful. And neither should we be. People who come to church, who turn to church, who return to church should find a warm embrace. We should bridge the gap. We should run. We should cover the distance. We should stretch to reach as far as we can to make sure they understand they'll find love and compassion here. Not only did the father run, ran, but, run, but, but, but the father kissed. This is where that covenant kiss came from that I thought about making it the title. <laughs> I've thought long and hard about this kiss. You know, people kiss for a lot of reasons. You know, uh, uh, but this kiss, this kiss is evidently a covenant kiss. It's the reassurance that we are still in covenant. This kiss is saying that I'm with you. We're going to work this out. But I want you to know that I'm going to do everything I can to make it work. It's the covenant kiss. 
It's the promise of a future together. It's the seal of this father upon the relationship he has with his son to let you know it's still here. I don't know how we're going to work it out. I don't know what it will take, but I'm in this with you. It's a covenant kiss. It's like the kiss of marriage at the end of a ceremony. And we say, you know, you can seal this covenant with a kiss. The father ran. He stretched as far as he could, filled with love and compassion, waiting daily for his son to return. And, and then when he gets to him, he embraces him and he kisses him. The embrace, the embrace is a sign of sudden acceptance. Do you know God will suddenly accept anyone that turns to him? Without someone swearing on a stack of Bibles, you know, I mean, I, I have sinned and I have turned to God and he's never made me lay my hand on a stack of Bibles and promise I'll never sin again before he forgives me. He has not required perfection from me. He has only required repentance. That's all that God requires in this story. And that's what Jesus is telling these Pharisees and the teachers of the law. That, 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 that God is, is, is so much in love with us. That if we would just turn to him, he'll cover the distance. He'll run and he will suddenly accept us and he will make sure we understand that we have a future. No condemnation, no criticism, no rejection. The embrace simply says, don't worry. We'll figure this out. I'm with you. Verse 21, as the father runs and embraces and kisses, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. This robe is, is basically saying, you know, you're, you're a part of our family. You wear our colors. You know, Come on, son. You know, no, you're one of us. This ring is a sign of authority. You have a right to be called my son. You have a right. <laughs> and the sandals, a sign of comfort and care. I'm going to take care of you, son. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make it easier on you. You've had a long journey. The world is tough. The world doesn't love you. The world doesn't take care of you. You've been out in a pig pen. You've been feeding pigs. You've been eating with the pigs. I'm going to take care of you. Here's a robe. Here's a ring. Here's sandals. And notice he said to his servants, quick. I love that. That's what happens when we receive forgiveness from God. It's quick. It's quick. It's sudden. It's what we receive when we repent. Where there is repentance, you'll find God's love and forgiveness, and he will demand no penance. He will demand no purgatory. Restoration is sudden and complete. 
the robe, the ring, the sandals, quickly. Verse 23. The father said, kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. That's what he was trying to tell them out of Luke 15, verse 10. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When one person decides that they are going to turn or return to God, there is joy. Now, why is that important for today? Why is this important for you? Why would God take this time to share this message with you? What is God wanting to click in your brain? Most likely, you have been born again. If you have not been born again, then get saved today. Ask Jesus into your heart and your life. Recognize you need a Savior. Repent of your sins and receive Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart. But most likely, you are born again. Why would this message apply to you today? There could be a myriad of reasons. But let me tell you one great reason. It's because of what will be coming in 2020. Let me give you a word of knowledge that the Lord shared with me back in late September in early October. And if you've been around me very much since then, you know that I've shared this over and over. I've shared it with pastors. Let me give it to you for this morning. 2020 will be the end of some things, but the beginning of others. Things are going to get easier and better for so many people. Now, you know, I'm not telling you the world's gonna get better, but I am gonna tell you that increase will come. And seeds which have been planted in the past will produce an abundant harvest. Again, I'm not saying the world's going to get better and I'm not saying the political situation is going to get better or easier. But I am telling you that you are going to see more. Long prayed prayers will be answered and life will be better for so many of you. Of course, not everyone is going to reap the benefits of the good days to come because... They have not sown seeds for this harvest. And we go through cycles of harvest and seed time. But nonetheless, people will be better off in many ways and will find greater opportunities for honest increase. Like in the days of Noah. And in the seven years of plenty during the life of Joseph while he was in Egypt. Things in many ways will be easier and better and people will experience abundance. Make no mistake, these blessings are from God, separate and apart from what the world may be experiencing. 
God is sending blessings. Make no mistake, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. The great concern and perhaps the hardest challenge that will be faced by believers in Jesus Christ across America, the greatest challenge will be to not forget God. Blessings from God have always come with a purpose. There is a definite reason why God is going to pour his rain, which is blessing, out on the just and the unjust. When God blesses us, it is so we can be a greater blessing. Listen for just a moment how God encouraged the children of Israel through Moses just before they received the promised land from God's hand. Deuteronomy 8, verse 10. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. When blessings come, don't be like the young son that was so blessed that he could skip out on family and go and do all the things he ever wanted to do without any respect that he was moving far from the well. This is the time God said through Moses to be careful, beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and your herds have become very large and your silver and your gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. That's the word for today. Be careful in 2020. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Verse 17, he did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. We are in days of blessing. We are entering into days of blessing and I am more concerned than if I were up here prophesying doom. I am more concerned for your soul. I'm more concerned for your family. I'm more concerned for your future than if I was up here telling you that things are bad and they're gonna get worse. Let me encourage you to turn to God and to live a life of returning to him. With every step, keep turning to him. Stay by the well. 
hear the word of the Lord today and make your covenant with him that you are not going to allow blessings to move you away from the house of God. We cannot afford to begin worshiping the blessings more than the blesser. We cannot imagine that we did it by our strength or wisdom and we will not forget to honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruits of all of our increase. We must keep making time in our busy schedules for church, for family, and for friends. Don't get caught up in the wild life. Wild meaning worldly. God wants you to enjoy more, but not at the expense of his relationship with you. Or at the expense of the reason why he blessed you so that you could be a true blessing to others and see this gospel go around the world from the most blessed nation in the, ever. There is a covenant kiss on your life. You're going to be blessed. Are you going to be a blessing?